Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, remember those things that you just guys just said when I wasn't recording? Say them again. No. What if I don't want to fuck you? to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A, well, I don't know, the Chris Hinton of the Touchline Media Group. We came in, seemed like it was going to go really well, and here we are, undrafted. You knew he was going to be undrafted. <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you by uh, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Irish sites put in. Um, they did both Miller Cores and O'Reilly Auto Parts last time, which means that they're listening to us. Uh, so if you can give me Duncan, O'Reilly, and Miller Cores, then I will know whoever our person is at Blue Wire um, listens to the pod. It's like it's like that meme with like the FBI guy out in the surveillance van. Like, like I, got I just I got hope it's I just hope that somebody knows to get us Duncan next time. <laughs> uh I am your uh, host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. I'm here with my uh, eternal co-host and close friend, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump. Close? Eh. Friend? Uh, eh. Mm. Eh. And yeah. our, our uh, eternal, no, not eternal, but usual, when he uh, can be, can be uh, bothered to sign on. Cajoled? Yeah, cajoled. Uh, Nerdcast co-host, uh, The Nerd Angus. Uh, Angus, how are we doing? Oh, uh, watching some some basketball at the moment. In a Mets uh, in a Mets hat, since this is a visual hat. medium. Yeah, you you traitor. Yeah, I mean, I, what what is know, that? I, I, I went back, you. baby. <laughs> I went. Yeah, well, the Tiger sucks. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. Although I hope Max Scherzer gets lit up tonight for selfish fantasy related reasons. 
Right. And um, also, I want to say two things, because this is uh, a podcast that will be um, uh, listened to immediately on the day. Um, A, congratulations to Clayton Kershaw for setting the record for strikeouts uh, by a Dodgers pitcher. And B, (laughs) suck it in a loss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see, okay, so fun fact: uh, Scherzer just got his twenty seventh hundred strikeout to be number one in the Dodgers all time. How far behind number one Nolan Ryan is he? Do you mean Kershaw? You said Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. Kershaw. Sorry, Kershaw. Uh, okay. I, I'd be willing to bet that he's. I don't know. Let's say three hundred. Let's oh. say even three thousand for for no Nolan Ryan pitched for forever. It's probably like thirteen hundred. <laughs> Guys, I need, to, I need to interrupt for a second. Sad Boston, sad Boston fans are already exiting the arena. Womp there are two womp. minutes left. Womp Good. Womp. Uh, Angus, what's your guess? How many behind Nolan Ryan is he? Twigsy uh, said thirteen hundred. Oh no, that it's 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 probably closer than that. Um, I'm gonna say eight hundred. He is three thousand behind Nolan Ryan. Jeez. Nolan Ryan had fifty seven hundred <laughs> MLB strikeouts. Oh man, he is an entire career behind Nolan Ryan. Uh, well, but I, I think he's probably been reinvigorated because I don't know if you have you heard this. Did you know this? Have you heard this? Him and Matt Stafford. Did you know this? Uh, went to high school together. I don't know if you if you knew this. I, oh, I had no I idea. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also found out that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to high school with Mina Kimes. Wait, I, I thought I was going to say he went to Harvard. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he went to Harvard. Um, huh. Didn't know that that happened. They're the same age. Yeah, that it's kind of wild. Just like Mina seems significantly younger, and Ryan Fitzpatrick seems significantly older. It's a weird, it's a weird overlap. It's 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 that's like the uh, the Cameron Diaz Snoop Dogg thing. Like you don't associate yeah. them with the same time period, but uh, they went to high school together. Um. So all of that sports and pop culture aside, let's talk about a fantasy world in which uh, you can I don't know finally get kicked out of your damn house and then a bus just shows up and you just get on it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what happens to street kids. Did everybody get their copy of Fantastic Beats? We did. Sure did. Which, uh, sure did. I have it somewhere. I don't want to get up from the uh, podcast, but I, I was going to show it. And then I So forgot. for those of you that, uh, so uh, I, the podcast has purchased, the podcast has purchased copies of Fantastic Beats and where to find them. Copies for, were uh, gifted by Stump to the, the two of us. The three of us here. Um, and it is what appears to be, at first glance, a very informational book. And then you open it and realize uh, that 75% of it is illustrations. <laughs> and there is a paragraph for each magical creature. But we did, we did find out the, the, yeah, we did find out the answer to the Aragog question. Uh, uh, probably Kinda. not. Not really. We, we didn't get an answer, but we did get further information. Uh, Angus, yeah. do you have a report on that? He needed he needed a female there. That's that's the answer. Or <laughs> don't we all? Don't we? Well, I mean, oh. Uh, so this um. So okay. So so now we re- remember. Uh, in the last episode, uh, we were told that um, Aunt Marge comes to the town. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the, this off with the movies. Um, in the movies, best uh, movie by the way. Best movie. Oh yeah yeah. Alfonso Cuaron is way too good for this. And he yeah. knows it, right? Like, oh, yeah. like everybody I mean, had to know. He did some showing off too. And it was, uh, I, I think I said this over, over text, but um, the, the night bus scene is one of my absolute favorites 
in the series. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so unnecessarily like wacky. <laughs> So and, that, and chaotic yeah and chaotic. No, it's, yeah, it awesome. it's benny it's benny hill it's like he was like wait can i like i'm sure the original cut had the benny hill music over it and they're like we need to take that out this is and then you just snuck it back in um, so, so i do need to say something about that scene um just because we're on it like we'll go in order we'll talk about aunt marge whatever um it gets vaguely racist in the movie does it uh, i i wasn't yeah. paying it back they have like attention. a uh, like a voodoo shrunken oh, yeah, head that has yeah, like yeah. a oh, yeah, yeah. horrendous Jamaican accent. Yeah, um, why? Like, why was he there? I, yeah, now say. you mention it, I remember thinking, like, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, no. no. So, so I was, uh, I, as, as I think it's in the, I think it's in the book. I don't, I don't remember if it has a Jamaican accent in the book, but yeah, no, no. no. So, so as I mentioned, I watch these, uh, these films with my my wife, and she's she's sort of my sounding board for the jokes that don't make the the cut, but. As we were watching this, I think she said to me, you know, you can't make any of the jokes you want to make about this. And I said, yes, I am aware of that. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Aunt March. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I actually tried to get into this uh, two episodes ago. No, three episodes ago, because this took so freaking long for us to get through the uh, second book. So Harry is again locked at the Dursleys. Uh, he is forced to do all of his homework at night under by flat, well, wand light underneath um, his covers, like some wait, sort of. Wait, hold on, hold on. That's movie because in the book, there's no way he could have been using his wand. He was doing that in the movies too. No, in the movies, he was using oh. his wand, but I'm just saying, like, he would have gotten taken. I taken think good point. I think they're allowed to do Lumos with their wands. I don't think that. Oh, counts. also, by the way, he wasn't doing his homework. I know what boys do under the covers when they say Lumos, 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 <laughs> and then title. That's what happened. That's what happened in the movie. <laughs> reading, he was reading. He was reading uh, comic books. Yeah. So then uh, Vernon's sister, uh, Aunt Marge, comes to visit. Uh, Aunt Marge is a bulldog breeder, which is a very weird like, yeah, like profession. Why is that? She, and she has multiple, multiple bulldogs. Multiple bulldogs. Well, she's a breeder. That's kind of in, implied. Well, she brings uh, multiple bulldogs with her to the house. Yes, she brings multiple bulldogs with her to the house, including the one that like absolutely hates Harry. And like Marge hates Harry more than the other Dursleys combined somehow, which we didn't think was possible. I th- so uh, do, do, do we know why? Is she just like a a Brexiteer racist or what? Yes, she's just just the worst. That's 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 your answer. She's just the worst. She, yeah. There's like no real. There's no way. The only explanation would be that she just takes Vernon at his at face value because she wouldn't have ever met the Potters. She would have like, and she insults. Obviously, she insults them throughout this entire chapter. Right. So like. But it's not based on anything. It's just like those sort of people. Well, she doesn't know what kind of people they really are. So doesn't, like, doesn't she say they were drug addicts? That's yeah. I think you're right. Uh, I think yeah, Vernon told like her that. that they were addicts. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and then she like openly admits to drowning bulldogs. Uh, in in Which, the chapter. Hold on, hold on. Can I, can I, yeah, can I can I say something here about about jo- uh, Joanne and, and her writing style? I know that we're not supposed to do this, but like villains should have something redeeming about them right like like when you have someone who's just a dick all the way through it's it's not usually all that interesting and like you're, you're not marge, supposed to be interested by aunt marge like she's right? not she's a like, villain character but she's not like a villain she's there more or less for like she's no, she's a plot device she is yeah. how are we going to get harry to the night bus and let him learn about serious black correct 
Again, I want to shout out George R. R. Martin. Sometimes you just got to do stuff. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, you, you just to, gotta do stuff. You have to you have to bring in Aunt uh Margerian. Right. Aunt Margerian <laughs> who, who who tells Daenerys that she has to go to Westeros for some reason. It doesn't matter. Just get her on the boat. Get on the boat. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then Daenerys so blows her up. Yeah. And yes, then, exactly. and then her or literally. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Like, she, j- well, if we're basing it on the TV show, it's literally. <laughs> yeah, no, no. If, if 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 we're taking Joanne, like like I I respect the hell out of her. It's like we need someone to get her uh, to get to the bus. Do we need yeah. this character to exist in this universe? Not really. Okay, can we use someone who was already there? No. Okay, yeah. cool. What are we doing? Just gonna blow her up, literally. And I feel like like an editor was like, wait, she like she like blew up, she killed her. No. It was a, a, a violent Beauregard situation in which she needed violent to be juiced. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, she just like in the pitch meeting, she's like, yeah, uh, Harry blows her up. Whoa, 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 like it's not good for for our main character to be murdering uh, like family, even far reaching evil family members. Like maybe we should just, no, no, you misunderstood me. Not like blow up, like what? Like, like blow up. Like, but... like violent Beauregard, right. <laughs> Do, do you think she was just watching like a lot of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It would explain a lot of her decision making. Yeah. It's just also, like, this is the not, movie that not, I was watching this week. <laughs> I want to be clear here. Uh, she wasn't watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She right. That one was still Wonka. Wonka. Yep, uh, Wonka. Charlie and the Chocolate Wonka. Factory is, is um, the weird is one. Johnny Depp that has yeah. one of my favorite lines in cinema history, which is uh, everything not is very edible. Like not very... Nope. That's, that's Gene Wilder. Uh, in the Johnny Depp version is Oh, is everything in here eatable or edible? Everything in here is edible or eatable, including you. But that, my dear child, is cannibalism and is mostly frowned upon in this country. <laughs> it's like like the, the cadence with which Johnny Depp does it is phenomenal. And we can talk yeah. about Johnny Depp because he's part of the Harry uh, Potter cinematic universe for uh, one. One movie. And then one movie is becomes Tim- Is Timothy Timothy Chamolet part of the Harry Potter Shamalama Ding Dong, because uh, they're also remaking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Again? Are they? Yeah, with he's Wonka. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, Shamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, you're not going to get better than... Gene Wilder? Gene Wilder, so stop. Stop it. You don't yeah, need just to do so, this. Once we get to the point where we have uh, the technology, what I think you should do is have every other actor be new and then just superimpose Gene Wilder's performance over it. Because every other performance can be improved on, but like you're never going to do better than Gene Wilder. Uh, I can tell you that uh, just inserting Gene Wilder into films uh, forever, I'm not opposed to that. Gene Wilder makes no. everything better. Fantastic. Um, but so so Alfonso Cuaron, uh, so so we blow up Aunt Marge because she's a racist, and we needed to get out of the Dursleys. Great. She's yeah. She she well. So there's the, there's also the plot device of Harry agrees to be nice to Aunt Marge for the week in order to get. Uncle Vernon to sign his Hogsmeade oh, right. yeah, permission need, slip, which need, comes up later. Yeah, we need that. Yeah. And then, okay. uh, so, I believe... Sorry, someone, someone remind me, this movie stays relatively close to the book until the ending, and then that's when they screw it up, right? Uh, yeah. more. I mean, yeah. It, 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 like all of the movies, it skips stuff, and... Um, I mean, you have doesn't, to. It doesn't yeah. skip anything like too, too important until the ending. Um... Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go through. It. I don't know what you're referring to, so sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, so then I believe that uh, Mar- like Harry manages to swallow all of his hatred for 
the week. Shut up. And then uh, I think it's on like the last day that she's there. Aunt Marge finally starts talking about how like you have to beat the bad out of uh, like you have to beat. Shut the fuck up. You have to beat the bad out of boys. Just until until that she like hits the dogs uh, and then Harry like inadvertently uh, blows her up like Violet Beauregard is the correct yeah. way like blow like <laughs> inserts helium so she starts flying away and then uh, obviously Vernon and the Jerseys are very angry and Harry's first thought is oh shit I gotta run which I mean one of the few times that yeah, makes sense. He knows that if he does magic again, he's not going to be sent back to Hogwarts. So his idea is, I'm going to run as a 13-year-old. I'm going to run from a bunch of fully aged, which is a wizard. They'll never be able to find me. I so obviously, uh, he's baggy walking on the street. Baggy full of Cheerios. He needs the baggy full of Cheerios. Yeah, because that's going to get <laughs> sure. him really far. He has an entire trunk that he's dragging Just along like dragging with an down owl. the street. Yeah, dr- dragging a trunk and a cage with an owl down uh, a street of a London suburb, at which uh, point he sees a giant black dog, or I don't think he can uh, determine it's a giant black dog. Just a blind, giant a black, bl- black, black dog. outline. Like a, yeah, yeah, outline staring at him, uh, yeah. and he gets scared and trips over the curb, and somehow he doesn't accidentally do this the entire rest of the series, but he accidentally puts his one hand up, which is how you summon the night bus. Sure. Again, okay. this is this is just sometimes you need to get things done. And like I look, I respect Man, the beginning. This is so of, weird. Yeah, I respect the beginning of this movie probably as much or, or, and book um, as much as anything that Joanne does because in in each of the books when she decides she needs something she invents it. Like the port key comes out of nowhere in book four. That's yeah. Cool. And like like that's not what I'm talking about here. Here is probably like the the cleanest example of shit. I need I need some things. I need I need to make some things work. Okay, well, do you have any problem with doing this? No. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. And of any of the books, like starting at the Dursleys is obviously like the formulaic thing to do. This is the one where, like, she probably thought to herself, damn, I don't actually want to start at the Dursleys, but I have to because I have to start at the Dursleys in every single book. Right. And there yes. you are. Well, and this is also this is also very clearly where she came up with the explanation of like having to return to the Dursleys because that's the only reason for him to return to the Dursleys here. Right. Yeah. And he has to, Oh, also there's the, the whole expedition thing where off stage, uh, the Weasleys win the daily profits, uh, basically lotto and win a bunch of gold. So then Ron can finally get like a decent wand. He gets a new wand. Somehow it doesn't help him get new, uh, dress robes for next year, but it does help him get a wand. Yeah, it helps has, him go to, has helps wand. Them go to Egypt twice they go to egypt twice on this month. why why instead also, of just getting him new robes yeah. like just leave one of the you can probably take one of the twins and just when you go to her mind like go show pictures of the trip later on and <laughs> later on just claim that they're each other as they go along like only fred was on the trip but if you show him pictures it could be fred or george who's really going to call you out also he got he got new wine can't get new bitches just saying ron you're 13. Grow up. Grow up. Also, Peter Pettigrew's there. I mean, a rat. I mean, uh, a rat. <laughs> Scabbers. Scabbers. Um, okay. What else are we doing? Uh, I mean, Nightbus, yeah. Alley. 
Not, like the thing is, 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 is the night bus is, is a soup. Like it's, it's funny because it's, because it's well done because it is properly gotten across. Like this is where we learn about Sirius Black because someone's reading a newspaper. We didn't yeah. have to learn about Sirius Black here. He could have gotten to Diagon Alley and then. Oh yeah. Stan, a- Stan Shunpike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, doesn't well, he come up later? He does. Yes. He, because he's the he gets imperious. That, like, well, yeah. Well, no, he wasn't actually imperious. They just like didn't have proof that he was imperious, so they put him in jail, and that like really straight to jail. That, <laughs> straight to jail, <laughs> and that really like pissed off Harry. And was like another reason why he didn't want to help the ministry during like the when right. They but they did in the seventh book. They do Moscow. prove that he was imperious. Yes, he. It did end up that he was imperious. That is correct. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. So Harry's on the night bus. Uh, so we have Stan Shunpike, who is basically used for exposition in this book and. In future ones, we have Ernie, who um, serves no real purpose. We have racist Jamaican <laughs> head, who, again, serves no real purpose. Uh, and mood. I don't think – kind of does. Sure. Um, I mean, the concept of the night bus is still pretty funny. It's just a bus that can take you anywhere in presumably the UK fairly quickly and, yeah. like, does not listen to the, uh, you know, the um, laws of physics. Which again brings us back to why did Harry and Ron decide to fly the car to Hogwarts? It appears that physics is a thing that like doesn't really matter. I, I because have a, they were thirteen and very very stupid, or twelve. They were twelve yeah. and very, very I, okay. Stupid. So continuing on that theme, when Harry decides to go on the run from the Ministry of Magic, where's the first place he decides to go? He goes to the Leaky Cauldron. Where Correct. the Minister of Magic is waiting for him. Like, the only all-magical place in London, he's like, they won't think to find me here. I mean, like, it's it's a funny thing. Like, like why? Also, again, I, I, and I understand he's 13. I, I get that, okay? You are Harry motherfreaking Potter. You're not going to be able to disappear. Like, you think they don't have a tracker on you? They think you don't, you, you don't think... also have the invisibility cloak. Which he doesn't use. Which he doesn't use. <laughs> His commitment to the bit of being just the dumbest boy alive is really <laughs> When you go back and think, like, when we get to the very end, we need to go back and count, because I think that he leave, just leaves the invisibility cloak in random places around Hogwarts no less than four times in this entire series. Oh, and he does it in this book, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he leaves it behind the uh, one-eyed yeah, witch. And Lupin the finds tunnel. it for him. Correct. No, yeah. Snape finds it for him. Uh, I think Lupin yeah, because that's back how to him. Oh no! Then he does, then he does the, it twice. Yeah. Then he does it twice because Snape. Yeah, because Snape, Snape uses found it, it once. His, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, again, dumb as boy alive. So yeah, and then the, let's also let's start. Let's let's try and uh, imagine you do something illegal. You Angus do something illegal, and you decide to go on the run. And then when you go on the run, let's say. I think the only like equiv- equivocation here is if you go straight to the Capitol building, <laughs> like, they'll never think to look for me here. And then when you get there and you get off or you get out of the Uber, it's just Joe Biden standing there. It's not going to the Capitol. No, no, it's not going to the Capitol. It's going to that bar on, um, on oh, K Union street. Pub? Yeah. 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 Oh no. That's no. Not K street. You know, the one I'm talking about that, like all of the lobbyists hang out at, Oh, I know what you're talking about. I, don't, yeah. I can't think of the name. Yeah, uh, it's, the it's, it's a, something like, yeah, probably. Yeah. But it's like one of those bars where it's like, I'm going to go to the bar that has the most government. And you're going to be like, <laughs> fuck, there's government here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what who, could, who could have seen this coming? 
Like, why is there yeah, so much the Minister of Magic. Here? <laughs> the Minister of Magic is standing there, and uh, despite what Harry thinks, he is not immediately taken to jail because he did not overcook the chicken. He did not undercook the chicken. He cooked the overcooked chicken perfectly fish. correct. Overcooked fish. <laughs> Believe it or not, straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> is this instead? This is the first instance where we actually, I mean, I guess, I guess Fudge acted like an idiot in Chamber 2, but this is, this is like the absolute first instance where it matters to Harry. <laughs> yeah. Like this, he this says is to Harry, first... no, no, it's, it's fine. No big deal. Don't worry about it, Harry. You use magic, you're good. No, because Harry's got, Harry got the letter from, about Dobby in yeah. the second book. So this yeah, is his second instance. So his, his first instance is, oh my God, I'm going to get suspended for a house elf that I don't know doing magic. His <laughs> second experience is, I might have killed my aunt and the Minister of Magic is here to congratulate me. <laughs> and I, talk, okay. about, talk about mixed signals. Yeah, and, and I think like, like it, it's a funny thing because it's like, you know, uh, Snape talks about over and over again, like, your, yeah, your father was entitled to do whatever he wants to. That's like, if you're Harry Potter, when have you faced consequences? <laughs> like, name one time that you've faced consequences. And, and uh, it, he, keeps get, he keeps getting threatened to be expelled. He's never actually yeah. expelled. Well, right. It's, yeah, it's like, um, it's I like, think Umbridge okay. is, the, is the only one that has ever handed out consequences. And he, go, and, and he goes into an immediate emo phase. <laughs> well, that's not the only reason, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Just saying there's a correlation there. Um, between the first time he is disciplined and literally he's, his emo phase. He's disciplined. His girlfriend is pining over her ex-boyfriend Who's who that? Harry watched die. Yeah. Oh. And Ron finally got him a Smith's album. So, like, there's a lot going on here. I Yeah. I mean, you listen to Morrissey enough. Like, I don't care. It's going to happen. You're going to um, go into a funk. Right. And this uh, movie this movie is the movie that, that uh, establishes record players work in uh, Hogwarts. Well, the movie does, but movie, I don't... movie. I'm just saying. I watch the movies. I'm movie guy. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And the movies, <laughs> movies. They also think that that the kids can can do magic without saying incantations, even though they don't master that at all in the books. <laughs> Hermione kind of gets there, but like everybody else is really bad at it. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. also, uh, that's its own thing, which is even funnier too. Um, is that like? Dumbledore is so good at magic that he doesn't have to use any incantations or really like his wand that much. And he there's still like ways to defeat him, which seems wrong. Right. Um so, All right. so, so Fudge yeah. puts Fudge puts up uh Harry for a week at the leaky cauldron. Um maybe it's not a week, whatever, however long until he has to go back to Hog uh Hogwarts. I think it's about a week and he like walks around Diagon Alley in his and he's just like happy. Book. Yeah, he's just like he happy. He just buys like, all buys all of his school shit. Uh, yeah. Jerks off to the new firebolt a couple of times. Uh, we are in the firebolt. No, John new firebolt. No, no, no. oh yeah, the, the, that's, that's the, the indefinite article. Yeah. Yes, not a indefinite. Firebolt. It's not. It's it is a firebolt, not the not your dildo. Um, so <laughs> 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 he also we also get introduced to the guy that owns the uh, ice cream store which is really just a way to like make us feel sad when that guy ends up dead in the seventh book, which is bullshit. I mean, it's, 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 I, I got to give Joe credit because this is like one of the, the few attempts at wider world building. So, you know, 
Like there are people who work in regular shops in the Wizarding in World. Diagon Alley, yeah, yeah. Like there's a guy yeah. who's, who who, who owns an ice cream store, yeah. yeah. Um, and then this is so this is like Fudge's secret, but not really secret way to keep an eye on Harry at all times while before he goes back to school. Since Sirius Black is out, and the whole Wizarding World believes that Sirius Black is trying to kill Harry, they think that Harry, the safest place for Harry, which I, again, in fairness, is probably the most magical place in London where there are witches and wizards at all times. So, who's I? I, I was thinking about this during the movie, and I, I have my answer, but I want to get your guys' answers. Um, who is the real life equivalent of Sirius Black? Like, I have my like like an example of someone who would fulfill that role. I know who my answer was. Um, you mean like someone who's accused of a crime, but didn't no, 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 in, in when this person escapes from jail. So not necessarily the escape, but like in, in the collective consciousness, X person is like Sirius Black. Osama bin Laden. No, because Voldemort's Osama bin Laden. Yeah, it, it'd be, it has to be like, so I don't think there's one right now. Uh, it would be like a serial killer in like the eighties that escaped. Like if Ted yeah. Bundy got, Ted, Ted, if Ted Bundy escaped, all of Florida would be on high alert. Or if uh, Ted Kaczynski escaped, uh, the mail would cease to be delivered for like a week. Right. Okay, uh, so, a, like a COVID variant. <laughs> so my, my answer to this was, was um, like, like what I went to when, when I was watching my wife was that uh, um, this is like Adolf Eichmann. Right, like it's like a second in command who, like, real, like, was well known as an evil person, but was not like the most evil person. Worked with the most evil person. I, that was my answer. Like Eichmann in the sixties. I don't think sure. that he. Okay, we're, this is going to be a weird argument to get into, so we're going to try and nip this in the bud. But like, I don't think that he, like, he, he's a very evil person. He helped bring about evil deeds, but he was not like singularly responsible for the one thing like that like Sirius Black was. He wasn't, he didn't inspire necessarily the immediate fear. Yeah, like you're, you don't want him to get back into power, but if you met him in a dark alley, it's not necessarily like that, the immediate fear there. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, so everybody comes to see Harry at Diagon Alley. Everybody is very jumpy. They won't let him be alone. Uh, Scabbers has to get looked at because he's uh, like immediately as soon as he starts hearing that Sirius Black has escaped, Scabbers starts or stops eating and starts losing his fur, which is suspicious. Suspicious. Suspicious behavior from a uh, common. Hold on. I, I can't do Did... the accent, but a common house rat. 12 years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gary Oldman is a treasure. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's 100% in everything he does, man. I mean, that's true. Say, it's true. Give, give me something that Gary Oldman was bad in. You can't do it. I'm going to pull you this can, up on Wikipedia. Yeah, you certainly can. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a male. There's got to be a male in movie in there somewhere. Yeah. There's no, I don't uh, think so. He's in a lot of shit, man. I don't know. Yeah, dude. He's been um, acting for a real long time. <laughs> all right. So then. Scabbers gets looked at. Uh, Hermione is a dick and buys the cat that tries to kill Scabbers, uh, which I maintain is a dick move. If you watch an animal hang try on. and hang, hang on. on, let me finish this. Hang on. If you watch an that animal cat try and kill, is important. Do not say one bad word about that cat. I will say many bad words about that cat. Also, this is more of a bad thing against Hermione. 
if you sit there and watch an animal try and kill your friend's pet, and then you're like, immediately, I need to buy that animal, you are an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, it's a dick. That's list. less. That's less like that's not really Crookshank's fault because Crookshank's is acting like how a cat would act. You can't get mad at uh, the cat for acting like a cat. You can get mad at the witch who buys the cat for trying to eat her friend's rat. That's a dick move. Didn't need to do it. I mean, right? Objectively. Moving on. So uh, he said he said hold on a minute. I thought he actually had a point instead of just the cat's okay. The cat's all right. Cat's all right. All right, wait, sorry. I have to I have to ask and go back to this. Gary Oldman in Air Force One. What did he did he mail it in a little bit on that one? Was the Russian accent just like not on the did he not nail the on the head enough? Or what do you guys think about that one? So 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 my answer to that is uh with all films, including Harrison Ford, accents don't matter because <laughs> like it's sort of beside the point. Right. Like, like if you're going to, if you're going to come to me and be like, you know, the Nazis accents in Raiders of the Lost Ark were great. I'd be like, what, what are you, what are we doing? What, what are we doing here? Um, and I'll tell you what we are doing here is we are promoting the fine folks at. Really hope it was O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. I do um, really enjoy the, uh, the Last Crusade, if we're going to get off track here again. Here's for the, uh, in the Indiana Jones Last Crusade, where they're talking about how, like, Brody's already got the diary and he's going back. And it's like, he knows every language. He knows everybody in every village from here to Cairo. He'll blend in. You'll never see him again. And they cut to Martin Brody in a full linen suit, walking through the <laughs> walking through everybody in their jobs, being like, does anybody speak English? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Perfect filmmaking. Uh, really, really well done job. Um, uh, okay, so then we have to have at the Leaky Cauldron before they go back to the uh Hogwarts Express. Uh, Harry overhears the Weasley parents talking about how this is how Harry learns that Sirius Black wants to kill him. Uh, or yeah, um, yeah, he, he overhears it. Yeah. yeah, but and I'm he, trying to remember. Talk- this, so this is where he learns that Sirius Black wants to kill him. He does not yet know that Sirius Black... Yeah, he doesn't is- know why. Right, okay. Uh, that's where I was getting at. Um, thank you, Angus. So, um, so he overhears that, and then he, like, tells uh, Mr. Weasley, he's like, what... Like, they go to get on the Hogwarts Express, and uh, for the first time... Mr. Weasley about it. Well, for the first time, they have a escort from the Ministry of Magic who provides oh, cars yeah. for them, which, again, Harry Potter is arguably easily top three most important wizards in the wizarding world. And this, and is, this the is the first, first time, time that they sent him security <laughs> to make sure that he actually gets to school. Uh, ne- never, never mind like that nobody explained to him how to do it the first time either. So then he uh, – and then I have another question about it. We, I know we've hammered on the Hogwarts Express a lot here, but um, so – Again, we think that there's roughly a thousand students at Hogwarts in any given year, right? Give or take. Okay. Something like that. They all have to they all have to get to school via the Hogwarts Express. So there is one train for one thousand kids, which would then be roughly, let's say, fifteen hundred adults, because uh, you know, single parents and everything. So there are 2,500 people that have to be minimum that have to be on this platform at the same time trying to get on this train. So oh, like, it's not efficient at all. <laughs> well, but the fact that Harry didn't know, didn't 
Like there weren't people just constantly going into that stanchion throughout the entire first book is uh, ridiculous. And then my other question is like, like if you want to, my dad was very much growing up one of those guys that got to the airport four hours early. So he didn't have to wait in line. So like, is there a wizard dad (laughs) that gets gets his son to the Hogwarts Express at 8.30 AM and he's like, ah, three hours early, we're late. Uh, Yes, obviously. Um, I think that every culture has their, their version of that dad. Um, I was never really a party to that. My family uh, routinely gets to the airport late. We have missed flights on multiple occasions. Really? Um, That sucks. I've never missed one flight. It was out of LAX. I've never missed a flight. You're not living, man. You can, you can, you can go ahead and not sit in those uncomfortable chairs for five hours. It's it's allowed. God. Uh, I've almost missed two international flights. Uh, I was the last person on my flight from JFK to Ghana. And I was uh, the last person on my flight from Chicago to Shanghai. Uh, the se- the first one was definitely my fault. I did the time zone calculation wrong. Uh, the second one was not my fault. I was delayed coming out of Detroit. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I think the last flight I took before the pandemic I missed uh, to Arizona um, because uh, I... because i'm not going to be uh you know part of your system man i'm not gonna do it then that is wow (laughs) terrible (laughs) i mean have you just met me like like this is completely completely in character uh speaking of in character (laughs) let's 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 get back because we're we're we're, so now we're we're getting to freaking hogwarts in the first episode this time (laughs) Uh, we're still on we're still on the hogwarts express but we can still get there because Harry has so Harry has to confront Mr. Weasley and says, uh, you know, like, I'm not gonna go looking for the guy that wants to kill me. Why would I be that dumb? To which Arthur definitely should have responded with, like, listen, we're just connecting some dots here. We're like based on previous experiences, this we kind know of who seems like something you would do. Yeah. It's the type <laughs> like, of thing your dumbass would do. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> being funny about Arthur's like, listen, I'm not putting all of this on you. I know you're very inclined to do what Ron tells you as well, but you two idiots together need to like take a book out of Fred and George, take a page out of Fred and George's book who like to do stupid things and get in trouble, but we don't really have to worry about them dying until book seven. Right. And like, I, I feel like Mr. Weasley really could have used like an, an element of, of Red Foreman about him where, where yes. it's like, like, like that, like where, where Harry starts to like, why did really instead they just gave it to Molly? <laughs> right. But like imagine like like you really needed that line. Like, Eric, you think bad things are gonna happen to you because you're unlucky. You're wrong. Bad things happen to you because you're a dumbass. Yes. And like Harry needed to hear that at the age of, oh, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 14, so on and so forth. Um so so they get on the train, um, and uh they meet a, a homeless guy. Essentially, yes. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, street dog, if you prefer. <laughs> like that's still homeless. Yeah, it's right. Still, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, stray, stray dog, yeah. homeless man, whatever one you want to go with. Yeah. So, so what, what was the explanation for why they got into Lupin's car? Uh, there was everything else was yeah, full because they were late. Were they late? No, Harry wants to. Harry wants to tell Ron and Hermione what he overheard the Weasleys talking about about uh, serious black wine to kill him. Uh, so they need to completely empty 
empty uh, car except for, except for the and one then, with the guy sleeping in it. Not only the guy sleeping in it, they pick the only one with an adult in it. Why like, is Lupin on the train? That's a good question. <laughs> you he's think he poor? can afford? Yeah, you think he, you can? He can afford like a flying to car? apparate? How yeah, about to apparate in this yeah. economy? <laughs> <laughs> it's free. Uh, so then, uh, so I mean, so, another good job by by J.K. doing you know the exposition thing, like yeah, because the it, expedition. <laughs> it just needed someone to, ex- to to show that like okay, there's a Dementor attack. And this is how we defeat Dementors. Right. We have to get rid of the Dementors somehow. How are we going to do yeah, that? Well, there so, has to be a strong, yeah, yeah. exceptionally strong wizard. Fuck, I don't just, uh, just put him on the train. It doesn't He's matter what you think. Again, again, how, fu- how funny also, would it have been if this is just like randomly Lee Jordan, though? Like Lee Jordan, can, <laughs> like Lee Jordan has like, uh, like an incredibly strong Patronus. It's like, how did you know what to do? It's just like, man, how do you got the not strongest know what to Patronus? Do? Yeah, like, incredibly like, strong Patronus. Like produces a full. Right. Um. So so you you get him on the train. That's fine. Um. That brings us to the uh the dementia attack. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and so Harry needs to, has this like a uh, freak out where he hears his mom for the first time Yeah, in his conscious life. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's a weird moment for him. Um, and it's but- just, it's just his mom like screaming, right? Or is it yeah. like, yeah. she's like yelling like, no, no, no. And then screams. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then we, we get to, uh, the... So then, then Lupin does it, and Harry feels bad about passing out. And there's some really nice cinematography that goes on here with like the frozen rain uh, on the train. Again, Alfonso Cuarón is good at his job. Um, yeah. So there, I think the important things that we learn here are obviously like Lupin, new defense against the dark arts teacher. Uh, chocolate helps to defeat. Um, the like the after feelings of dementors um i think we learned that harry is the only one on the train that reacts like this like he had like which yeah he's, like, he's again, the only one this that is, has a reaction this is a very a like reaction. there's this is a very teenager thing to do is oh i'm sorry you got really freaked out by the th- or you had a really strong reaction to the thing that freaked the rest of us the fuck out we're gonna tease you for it like, I mean, I feel like just I want to cry. To, but... Yeah, to, to be fair here, we, we've talked a lot about how, like, oh, who would we be? We would be Fred and George. Fred and George were mocking this kid constantly. Like, like, come on. Like, I, we, 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 can't, we can't get on the high horse here. Yeah. Uh, because it's a Thrustal? Nice. No, that's, that's next. Actually, that's two movies. That's next movie. Two movies. Two movies. Two movies. Two um, movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then the other things I think we learn are, uh, actually, we don't really learn it. Snape hates Lupin. Harry figures that out from the commencement speech, the commencement feast. And we learned that Hagrid, after, I don't know, uh, after Hagrid, uh, like the commencement of yeah, the no, no, term, no, 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 not but like, like commencement. Right, right, yeah, I know. Yeah, but, the but, start but, of like, term feast. There you go. Uh, we learned that Hagrid, after finally, being, after finally being, after finally being, acquitted i guess uh 50 years later hagrid is immediately <laughs> promoted from gamekeeper to professor uh he's, he, he is, now- is he is just just for the record here 
um, a, a, a high school dropout <laughs> who was made full technically He's like a middle school dropout because he, oh, like, he's in his third like, year. Wait, yeah. wait, we didn't talk about the, uh, the Monster Book of Monsters. Oh, the Monster Book of oh. Monsters. I do forget. I forgot that Hagrid sent uh, Harry a book that's trying to kill him. You know, he didn't send just Harry a book. He, he put everybody. it on the book list. Well, yeah, so but he did send one to... to yes. <laughs> uh, which the 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 guy that works at Borgen and Burks uh, like openly bitches about it when they when when Harry, Ron, and Hermione go in to buy their school books. Wait, it's like, it's oh, not yeah. Borgen and Burks. It's a. Uh... Borgen Burks, that's the that's the dark wizard shop. You're right. Um, I forget. Uh Flourish and Blots is the yeah, book. and Blots. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so they openly bitch about that. Uh right. and then Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this then, book is trying to murder me. Yeah. Okay, but it's on the list. You you it gotta is, stock it. It is on the list. <laughs> you are going to make money off of this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then we get to Hog. We are now at Hogwarts. Uh, there are no Howlers yet, but yes. there are. Yeah. Well, we learned that Hermione has to have a conversation with Professor McGonagall. Uh, right. We learned that Hermione is taking far too many classes. Far we get introduced. Many. We get introduced to Professor Trelawney, who is uh, a very interesting character. Uh, she is the uh, effects of LSD on the brain over the course of a lifetime. Also, Emma Thompson? I mean, I'd buy it. Yeah, Great Emma, casting. Emma, Emma Thompson. Is that it is? That's yeah. Emma Thompson, yeah. That is Emma Thompson. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Does a great job. Uh, yeah, amazing job. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, I mean, but then the, at least for the, it's for the, this entire book, right? It, her only, like, character trait is that she keeps telling Harry he's going to die. Which, to be fair, uh, not a, t- like, if, if you're call in the that prediction. Only character trait. Also, she says that to one kid every year. <laughs> also, yes. uh, also, she hates Hermione. That's another character. She hates Hermione. She, she does hate Hermione. Hermione. Um, and Professor McGonagall is very clearly does not like fed her. up with her shit. Yeah, I don't know about doesn't like her. I think it's just I'm, fed I, up with her shit. Yeah, I don't do think you know she what I mean? You know, here's my theory. Here's my theory. Uh, There's later evidence suggests that oh yeah, because McGonagall, McGonagall like, is empathetic. Yeah, she like consoles her when Umbridge wants to kick her out. Yeah, yeah, here's my theory, yeah. um, is that at some point, Trelawney failed someone who was good at Quidditch. Like, <laughs> and so, like, McGonagall's like, are you, are you serious right now? I, I, I have to come up here. You're trying to fail Oliver Wood. Oliver Wood? <laughs> like, I have to come up here to your stupid tower to talk to you about Oliver Wood's fucking divination. Do you think I want to be here right now? I, to- <laughs> I told Oliver Wood specifically to take this class because I thought it was an easy A, Trelawney. <laughs> All he has to do is is predict Alicia Spinett's death every class, and he gets an A. That deal. was the deal. <laughs> um, and so, so Trelawney, like that's where we get into uh, the um, the introduction of like divination as being like a bullshit avenue, but sometimes not. Wait, did we miss the hippogriff? No, 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 no that happens. The, okay, yeah, we we go to we go to. Uh, divination first because we have to start this is when they start realizing that like Hermione either like disappears very quickly or reappears very quickly and they all think that they're tripping balls because they can't remember if she was there or not uh which again like it's 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 like uh like did you ever have one of the stupid well that but like do you ever have a friend in 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 high school 
who like you 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 think back on times and you're like oh man they were there weren't they and like there were like certain guys and like like there was like a core friend group and then like that one other guy who just like kept being around i'm not going to name names here um but there were like certain people in our like stumpy and my my high school experience who like i think back on funny experiences that we had or, or, or fun times and a certain guy was constantly there without his pants on and like I, I don't know why he never had his pants on but like he was always there and it wasn't really essential to the plot but he was always there um and and, and i feel like hermione is like sort of like melding into that in this book where it's like oh she was there wasn't she was she important eh. I don't really remember see, much of her doing. See, stuff. that's the thing. That, that's the thing, though. Like the guy you're describing is not always somebody that's like important or like stands out. But like Hermione is a loud know-it-all. Yeah, that's a good point. You yeah. should. You should generally, and there's only three of you. You should generally be aware of where you guys are at all times. For example, I low jacked Angus like two years ago. I always know where Angus is. Got it. Can he control that? No. It's important, you know, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep a, keep tabs on the Angus. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so next, so next is when we go out to uh, carry magical creatures with Hagrid with, which to Hagrid's credit, credit, he comes out swinging for the fucking fences, man. First <laughs> class ever. And we're going to introduce you to the hippogriffs, which if you don't bow, may, or may not be dangerous. Yeah. If you don't kill bow and never break <laughs> eye contact with them, they will try and kill you. And like, I, I do, I do want to say this about like um, about the, the the concept of quote care of magical creatures as like a core lesson, right? It's given uh, we get that sense, right? Like it's not an elective. It's not elective, no. Yeah, okay. I think you have to take it from years three to five. Sure. Okay. So now I'm thinking this through, right? And, and I don't say I think it is an. Oh, it's not clear, I, but I think it is an elective. Okay, if it's an elective. No, it's okay. No, because I, they have to take an hour on it. Yeah, they do it right. So okay. Yeah, and that's why. Right. An but you take an owl on divination too, and that's an elective. You take owls on everything. Oh, so, okay. You don't okay. take you don't your your elective or the um that like becomes a thing when you go from owls to newts. Yeah, because you have yeah. to like make certain owls to take the newt. Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think once you start taking a class, you well, I guess Hermione stops taking divination. But yeah, like more often you start, can, you can't stop. We can discuss that later. But like, imagine what would happen if at the University of Michigan you decide three quarters of the way through the semester to drop that class. Are you going to get a passing grade in that class? Because if no. I remember correctly, you do not. You, you do not. <laughs> so, so Hermione is not the valedictorian of Hogwarts because she dropped divination seventy five percent of the way through a year. Do, do we think that? So, so she okay. got the Quidditch treatment. Yeah, it was fine. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> McGonagall's like, we like you enough. Yeah, you're, she, <laughs> you're gonna be minister of magic one day. Really, yeah, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I'm not gonna be. I, I'll be damned if Sybil Trelawney is the one that fails the minister of magic. <laughs> again, again, we go back to the fact that Professor McGonagall has an agenda. She, she, she's here to do something specific, and 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 that is not going to be upset by a woman who failed Oliver Wood. I'm not gonna do it today. <laughs> Um, so I'm not falling into that trap. We're not just, just not going to do it. Um, the, so, so my, my, my thing with care of magical creatures, um, my, 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 my rant about it, such as it is, um, was based on it being a core class. So I, if it is in fact an elective, everything that I'm about to say is not valid, but I do need to get it off my chest, which is to say, 
Um, there are a lot of people who work uh, in the bureaucratic arm of this government, which is way too big, um, who go and work in an office building. Um, you don't need to know how to deal with, with magical creatures if your job is essentially the same as a muggle accountant. And it is. Like, make no mistake. Like, you're getting up, you're going to paperwork, you're responding to owls slash emails, and you're, you know, taking a going little home. bit too long in the bathroom because uh, you but, get paid for Okay, it. but then... you. But then you have to stop and think about like wizard professions. And then you realize that like an unhealthy amount of them are working for the government in some capacity. Oh, no, no, no. The entire, the entire uh, system of, 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 of government and, and situation, like it's socialist to, to, a, to a degree that even, even I think Angus would be a little bit uncomfortable with. I mean, like, we only know, like, no, 20% fine. of jobs that are not government-related. And it's, it's like, it, shop own a shop. Yep. Yeah. Shop, own a shop. Work for the government. Like, I want to know... Write, your, write your own magazine. Yep. Zenos, Zeno, yep. Or, uh, Zeno Lovegood is self-employed. Yep. Sure. Um, Works like, for The Intercept. Started The Intercept. I, I, I wonder if they're consulting firms. Um. Like, uh, or play or place Quidditch. So okay, we got three jobs. Do we know? Do we, we know that, that, that oh, uh, Quidditch also players dragons. get paid? They're, they're people yeah. who no, go they're, out uh, and round up dragons. But that so, doesn't mean that they're not. That doesn't mean that they're not employed by the. I assume that those guys were employed by the government. I also it would assume, be very funny if they were it, consultants slash contractors. Like I, I don't know how I don't I don't know how uh, Gringotts ties into the government either. Like, are they under the purview of the Minister of Magic, or can Gringotts could just? What oh, if Gringotts just not. decides? What if they just decide to start is... printing? What if they decide to start just printing galleons? What if Gringotts just goes nuts and like throws all of inflation into chaos? Gringotts, I think, is private because goblins would not work for wizards. Like, would not work under the ministry. And I respect that. I respect that they they want they want to they 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 don't trust uh, the government. Which I mean, you know, given it's the way that the government they, has they, treated they, them. Yeah, you know? the government has has stolen yeah, all we of their weapons. We get grip, yeah. We get grip hook's entire uh, story in like in book seven, yeah. Uh, yeah, about why about why. Which I mean, it's why goblins hate wizards, but really, it's why all not it's all magical uh, creatures, other than non-human magical creatures, should hate yeah. Wizards. Which that's an, like it, I guess since we're on Hagrid, I'm going to bring this up. Uh, so then, like. What sort of cross-species uh, <laughs> interpollination is acceptable in the wizarding world? Like, what if a human and a hippogriff want to have a child together? Or, like, what if it's a centaur? Do you really want to talk about this? Kind of. I'm a, little, I'm a little confused. What if a centaur wants to have a child with a human? Do we just end up with, like, a human on top of a centaur? Because, like, what if it's I a, think the like a double I would probably be on top. Getting very, very close to, like, Superman reproduction. Discussion. We do talk about that a lot, but um, I, I am going to say in this week's like like this week does talk about bestiality uh, in, in 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 Jewish uh, Jewish uh, cycles. So um, centaurs and hippogriffs probably not. Uh, I think. What about what about an elf? What about an elf and a human? What about a goblin and a human? What about a goblin and an elf? I think that's a mule child. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know where I don't know where the I don't know where the line is. It's like that billboard. Like, where do you draw the line? Right here, right, right between right. the right there, right exactly there. On uh, this side, yeah. on this side of the dog. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then dumb. Hagrid, Hagrid <laughs> introduces the hippogriffs. Uh, he decides to use Harry as you know Dumbledore's favorite way as bait. bait. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like listen. If anybody gets torn up, I think I could deal with Harry. The, Harry probably won't bitch about it too much. Uh, and then. Um, so then he has all Harry succeeds, so the rest of the class is deemed capable of meeting the other hippogriffs. So that we do we don't go through like a line just to make sure that there's one that can handle everybody. Sure. Uh, and then in the first class, Malfoy gets cut up. Because he's yeah, yeah. He's because he was disrespectful. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I just want to say, like, you, this is presented as if Draco Malfoy did something wrong. He's a 13-year-old boy. You shouldn't put him in a situation in which arrogance gets you killed. Wrong. Number one, he did do something. He did do something. Most wrong. definitely did. Yeah. Whether we can prescribe over fifty percent of responsibility to him, I'm willing to have that argument because I say we cannot. I, I think. I, agree. I think that more sure. responsibility goes on Hagrid, which is why Hagrid should have been put in Azkaban again to kill the hippogriff. And then, uh, it's, it's at least it, part on. of it is at least part of it is Malfoy's fault because oh. even as a no, even as a thirteen-year-old boy, he was explicitly told not to do something that he then did. As a former thirteen-year-old boy who routinely did things I was explicitly told not to do, I deserve the punishments I got. <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit yeah. of a fuck around, find out situation. Um, and 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 he was barely injured, yeah, barely yes. injured. Yeah, yeah. But you got like, a scratch, barely a flesh wound. <laughs> um, but, but but like my argument with this is that like, yes, okay, you put a kid in a situation in which um, he didn't listen and he he got hurt. Okay, you had an adult right there who was supposed to be making sure kids don't get hurt. Right. Um, I, I just I, I just I just don't see it. I just don't see it being. Draco Malfoy's fault and like look I'm I'm no I'm no friend to Draco Malfoy um you know I think he's a twerp but like I just I just I I just don't see him as the guilty party here um and also definitely should have just like stood in front of Malfoy as yeah once it went wrong right once it went wrong it was like nope I'm gonna be a half giant here and I can probably take this a little bit better yeah Um, I can definitely definitely take that hit (laughs) owner of the of the magical creature can you really own a, owner? Yeah, can you really own a magical creature? I don't know. I yeah. also don't know like the interplay between Hagrid Elves. and the school. Elves. Uh, so that's true. Uh, so 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 uh, we, on, on that note, um, we do have evidence that uh, Angus is in favor of slave owning, which is fine. I, I'm not uh, in favor you, you of just, it. I'm you just said uh, it's a fact. Elves. It's a fact, Angus. That's on you. Um, uh, a special thank you to Angus for being the villain of this episode. Uh, usually it's uh, my co-host, uh, Napoleon Gregg. You can find Angus hey. and for all of your uh, comments on that, at Nerd Angus. Um, for all of your thoughts uh, about how, you know, Violet Pro- Beauregard works, uh, please uh, send those tweets at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 um, You can find me at Diamonds Esquire, but usually at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Uh, special thank you to our sponsors. Um, with their help, we are going to get the Instagram up and running shortly. Um, <laughs> and uh, obviously, uh, to all of our listeners, uh, thank you so much. Please like, subscribe, share. Um, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.
Podcast Network.